This is a previously recorded episode. You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. We're listening to the Detroit Red Wings Alumni Show. Red Wings trying to get the sweep. Three seconds left into the zone with the top numbers of the Stanley Cup. McCarty up over the line. McCarty got by his man. He scores! What a play, Dan McCarty made. Now we got a fight. Got it. Oh, and who's he involved with? Looks like that's John Gruden. That's the first time I've ever seen Fedding in a fight. Ten seconds away from successfully defending the Stanley Cup, the Detroit Red Wings. Their bench up. Osgood with his arms up over his head coming out. The Detroit Red Wings have won the Stanley Cup for the second year in a row. A long shot in on the new goaltender, Eddie Mio, in goal. Look at that old school mask. And that's something. He's a brave man. Hey, that catch it down. He's in. She scores. Kosar Probert, though, that's the main one here. These are good friends who rarely ever see Kosar and Probert go at it. Most of the former Red Wings. And welcome to episode 18, episode Maltby of the Detroit Red Wing Alumni Podcast. If you are looking for us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Red Wing Alumni. You can find us online at www.detroitredwings.com forward slash alumni. And you can find us on Facebook at the Detroit Red Wing Alumni. So we've got an interesting show today. Um, I say each week that we have an interesting show, and anytime I'm behind a mic, it's kind of interesting. We're going to have Art Regner joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, we do have Ansar Khan from M Live is going to join us today, and we do have a very special guest. We were supposed to have guests, plural, um, but Perry Vellucci is the chief, the head referee, at least in his viewpoint and his mindset, of the Detroit Red Wing alumni. So it's Perry's primary responsibility, along with Natter, Craig Nat, and um, Matt, Matt Pavlich, to pretty much keep the rodeo on skates. So with that, welcome, Perry. How are you? Good, Numi. How are you doing today? Good. Tell us a little bit about your family background in hockey and actually how you got started with the Red Wing alumni. Um, family background, we've, there's five of us boys and, uh, we've all started playing since we were kids, uh, growing up in the you know, Detroit area here. And <clears throat> eventually, uh, I played junior, junior C for Paddock back, back years ago. And another brother, Mike made it up to Belleville and the OHL. And, uh, 
Uh, fortunately for him, he's continued. He was coaching the Whalers for 14 years, president GM, and then now he's currently uh, in Carolina with the Hurricanes as assistant GM director of hockey operations. Well, he was in town last night. Yes, it was. It was good to see him. It was a little, you know, a little torn between which teams to, to cheer for, but uh, I'll tell you what, the way the Wings are playing, you got to go with the Wings. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a real good game last night. Um, so yeah, we've been we've been involved in hockey for quite a while. Uh, Lindros, Eric Lindros, uh, lived with my parents, billeted when he was sixteen. Uh, played for for the Capua Ambassadors, and then uh, so it, it'll be uh, good to see him go in the Hall of Fame in a couple weeks. Um, Did you get an invite to that yet? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> no, I'm looking for t- some tickets. I'm looking for a couple tickets. Going to need to talk to Dino and uh, Larry Murphy and some. You know what? Maybe you should call Feds. Feds was on a line with him. That's true. The crazy eights. The crazy eights. Um, there was one time uh, on the show I called them the black aces. And, <laughs> well, here's the thing. You know, my hockey knowledge sometimes is pretty um, diminished, for lack of a better word. I didn't know what a black ace was. And it was uh, FedEx the next time we were on the ice where he put me um, put me in a nice check. And he said, learn the difference between a black ace and a crazy eight. <laughs> So you figured that out pretty quick then? Uh, yeah, and, you know, every time. Um, I think I made that announcement also because, you know, sometimes I'll do the introductions for the alumni team. Um, <laughs> that's why all the guys were laughing when I made the, you know, the introduction, you know, number 17, a member of the Black Aces. <laughs> Please welcome Brent Fedick. Well, me, that's why I like having you there, too, because not only do the refs get abused, the boys like to abuse you just as well. <laughs> well, I think they abuse me a little bit more sometimes, but you're on the ice, so you're catching more of the bruises with Yeah, them. that's true. That's true. And you know you know what the best part is, is and in, in, in Darren McCarty mentioned this, and he said, you know what, if we weren't teasing and kidding with you, then we wouldn't like you. Yeah, if they didn't like you, they wouldn't give a shit. They'd say hello and keep moving. And that's it. So I figure they like us a hell of a lot. <laughs> uh, we like to think that, most definitely. Correct, correct. Yeah. So tell me a little bit how you got involved with the Red Wing alumni. Uh, back in uh, probably about 12, 13 years ago, uh, the alumni were doing a charity game out at the CompuWare Arena, and uh, they were playing a group from CompuWare, and they needed a, one more ref uh, to be with uh, another former referee, uh, Johnny Rhea. And uh, they knew that I refereed, so I got the call, and I said, sure, I'd love to come out and do it. And I went out there, and I knew some of the boys. And from then on, they said, listen, we'd like you to keep coming around and if you want to be a part of this. And I jumped on. I didn't have to ask twice. Uh, you know, as a kid growing up in Farmington and idolizing the Red Wings and the organization for, for you know, my whole life, and all of a sudden to be uh, asked to be a part of it was just it's a trem- tremendous honor. So tell me a little bit. I'm curious. You know, you're saying 12, 13 years ago. Do you remember what the lineup was for the Red Wing alumni at that time? Well, uh, Lee Norwood was president at the time, so Lee was Lee was very involved. Sean Burr, um, Mike Krusilinski was around. Uh, Darren Banks. We, <laughs> we and we had some of the boys from Canada: Pat Ribbles, uh, uh, Danny Newman's, Tommy Williams was was there. Tommy Ross. Was a big part of it. Former, you know, Michigan State standout. You know. uh, still holds the scoring record for the Michigan State Spartans. It, oh yeah, well, he had the all-time N- you know NCAA record for years for goals yeah. and assists and that. Um, so Tommy was a big part of the team. Uh, <clears throat> and Nick Libet was even on the ice, you know, a bit back then. Dave Lewis would show up, uh, uh, and then you had Dennis Hexall and Mickey Redmond, which, which to me was was incredible that I'm out there with them that here are the two guys when I was a teenager watching 
Uh, and Hexy and Mickey are still skating with Absolutely. This and it's incredible. They're both in their early 70s. Uh, good story about Dennis Hextall. When Dennis retired, he was my coach in juniors. And Craig Willannon told him he did such a great job, he made me a referee. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Hexy. Uh, and, 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 and ironically, Dennis referees senior hockey on Tuesday nights with me. And you talk about irony for the style of play that he was, and here he's a referee. And to watch him assess penalties or throw guys out of the face-off circles, it's quite amusing. So you've seen a lot over the past 12, 13 years. What, uh, what do you do with a team that comes in and they want a, a hard competitive skate against the alumni, and the alumni's just not having it? I, I just got to talk to the boys, tell them, say, listen, you got to back it down. Uh, you, they, it's, it's usually a bunch of younger kids. You know, they want to show them that, hey, we can, you know, we can play the game and we're, we're going to go against these former NHLers. And uh, uh, I tell them there's two things. Either they back it down or they're going to get a lot of wax and hacks on their wrists and elbows and backs and stuff. And uh, usually they figure it out pretty quick. But yeah, we, we get that every now and then. Um, but for the most part, the, the charity teams are great. They understand that the games are charity games. Have you ever had a game get out of control? Oh, no. No, no. When you have Joe Coaster and Darren McCarty out there and uh, Lee Norwood back in the day, they, they police it pretty well themselves. <laughs> so with that, you know, you're working with the schedule, and usually it's a 20 to 25-minute running clock. Sometimes you'll do stop time. Um, are there times that you have to make adjustments because your vaunted winged wheelers are actually in danger of losing that? Oh, game? absolutely. Uh, I've been known to make call a penalty <laughs> shot here or there that uh, might have been a phantom call. But uh, but it, it's uh, we were in Kalamazoo for a game against the Kalamazoo alumni. We were down a goal with a minute to go, and and I gave Kevin Miller a, a penalty shot, and Kevin wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> sure, but but he scored, and we went in the overtime, and we won. So you've also had the privilege of working with a hockey Hall of Famer Matt Pavlich. Absolutely, right. So tell me a little bit about Matty, and I mean he's still getting out there now occasionally, and he'll still skate with us. It, 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 yeah, there's you know another thing being out on the ice with a Hall of Famer Matt Pavlich. Um, you know he gets out there, you know, loves telling the stories of of you know what it was like back when he refereed, which you know in the '60s and '70s and the fights and stuff, and uh, and. Um, it's great seeing Matt out there. Uh, uh, you know, I, I was also fortunate. I did go to a Hall of Fame induction ceremony about seven years ago. And, of course, Matt was there. And I was, you know, ran into him and take a picture of him with that Hall of Fame jacket on was, was quite an honor. Um, and it's good for him. 80 years old. He'll still get out there a little bit. And uh, uh, just a treat to be out there with him. So when you look at your time with the alumni, what are some of your best memories? Ah, uh, you know, I, I, it's just like with the boys that play. It's the locker room, the camaraderie. You know, well, you, not you, the locker room talk. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, just the jabs. I mean, and you know, we've been we've been part of the jabs, <laughs> and I learned that early on. You sit there and you keep quiet. You don't put focus on yourself, and and uh, but you just listen to the stories with the guys, and especially when when they're situations or instances that you watch whether live at a game or on tv and you hear darren talking about his fight with lemieux you know uh johnny o talks about the 80s and and you know i i, I witnessed that in the there's early not years. much more that johnny o can talk about <laughs> <laughs> no that's true 
<laughs> That's true. But I mean, it's 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 fun to sit and talk with them and and just uh, to be a part of it and listen to the stories. I think that's the biggest thing. It's it's just a thrill. Do you ever find yourself in some of those conversations, sitting and then just getting quiet because they're starting to tell stories, and you're fortunate just to be in the room to hear some? Oh, absolutely. I, you know what? A great, the greatest. The greatest day I ever had with the Wings alumni is we went to Stratford, Canada about five years ago, five, six years ago. And and I was, fortunately, they brought me along for the ride. And we met in uh, uh, Rochester, took the, the limo bus over, and there was 10 of us. You had Sean Burr, you had uh, uh, Darren. It was Darren's first time playing with the alumni. Brent Fedick, Mike Krusilinski, Johnny O, Eddie Mio, Dougie Brown, uh, Sean Burr. And Ted Lindsay comes with us. And we go over to play the game, and it was just just a tremendous atmosphere, you know, light snowfall. The guys are just having fun. We're driving back on the limo bus, and we're having a few pops, and it's, and it's a big snowstorm. And you got five guys in front talking, five guys in back talking. You got your little circle, and all of a sudden Ted stops and starts talking. And the whole bus gets quiet. And just watching these guys look and listen to Ted and just the respect it was you know just the whole trip was an incredible experience where that truly I felt what an honor to be a part of this you know it's funny that you mentioned Ted because I've been fortunate over the past couple years to do more work with the Ted Lindsay Foundation and working on his 90th birthday celebration in the 50th year since he retired in the 15th year of his foundation to be that close and to have him come up afterwards, you know, just a few kind words to me after it was all done. But it's funny the reverence in which Ted is held, you know, especially in the alumni. Um, you know, God bless Gordie Howe, and we're going to miss him, right? And as great as a hockey player Absolutely, that yep. Gordie Howe was, there's still not a Gordie Howe trophy, but there is a Ted Lindsay trophy. Very true. So you look at it from a standpoint of what you're talking about, it being on those buses and traveling to a game where we do have the limo buses where it's just the players. Um, so I'm with you 100% where at times you'll sit there. If we're all giving it back and forth, it's different. But when they start talking about some of those teams from the 80s, especially that 85, 86, 40-point team, you know, where they were just awful. And to hear the guys that were on that team, um, we were talking about the alumni a couple weeks ago where they went through a period where they just were not a very good alumni team. And somebody made the point, well, it's not like the 70s and 80s wings were lighting the world on fire at that point. So I'm with you from a standpoint of being privileged enough to sit there and be able to listen to those stories. So I can really connect with what you were just saying. There are times to just be that fly on the wall. You're absolutely just kind of astounded as a fan. And then we're able to get into that locker room and then do the jobs that we do. You're able to put it aside. Um, And just to my last point on that, uh, it was a couple years ago. Uh, the Red Wings were in the playoffs, and Koser and I were talking um, on the phone, and they were getting beat up pretty good. Uh, and Joe was like, you know, that's why we formed the grind line is in preparation for Philly and what they had with the Legion of Doom. And he's telling this story, and I just started giggling, and he was like, what is wrong with you? And I say, you know what, for a second there, I forgot we were friends, 
and I was just a fan, and I thought I was getting the best story ever. He goes, I got to go. I'll see you. <laughs> right? But it's stuff it's, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Just the, 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 the connections we have with these guys now is, is awesome. So how many games do you do? You know, the Red Wing alumni does about 25 games per year, and then how many do you do? Uh, I'm, last year, I did most of them. I was able to, I did at least 20, at least 20. So, you know, uh, pretty close to that, uh, uh, depending. Uh, the ones, obviously, haven't made the road trips lately. Um, but for most of, most of the local ones, I'm going to be there. You know, George has been pretty cheap with the uh, travel budget. That's what, that's what I've been hearing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we had George in studio last week, and we were beating him up pretty good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Well, well, we beat him up pretty good on the ice, too. So Well, when you he, know, <laughs> I think the other teams beat him up pretty good. Oh, there's no doubt about that. that that's when I have to step in. <laughs> Absolutely. We, at this point, we welcome Art Regner to the uh, show. Art, what's going on? Uh, Newman, sorry I'm a little late. Uh, no rest for the wicked, as you very well know. I had a uh, obligation I had to take care of, but uh, I'm here. I'm ready to go. It's uh, Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You were talking about the Legion of Doom line, and uh, Larry Murphy, who I know participates with the, uh, with the Red Wings alum, told me a story that everybody thought that Scotty would put big bruising defensemen against the Legion of Doom. And they put Larry and Nick together. And the reason they did that, the Legion of Doom were stunned because they never got the puck because those guys controlled it right. so much, you know? And so, again, as you said, the, the the great thing about what we're able to do, whether you're a media person and you cover the team or you work with the alumni association or you referee games, you get to know these guys differently and you get to know them as people and as human beings. And when they tell you these stories, it's so great because, because, you know, we all grew up as fans. Even they were fans right. when they were little kids. Sure. You know what I mean? That's, so, yes. so they, so, so they love the sport. They know that you love the sport. And so you do have a bit of a camaraderie. And that's why I always tell people, that they'll say, well, you're too close to these guys, or you know, you gotta skewer them constantly. You know, no matter what they do or tell you or say, it's no good because you know fans expect the Red Wings to be 82 and zero. I guess you know, and so, and I always tell them it's you don't cross a line as far as jobs go, or you know, you might have a. Uh, you, you know, you might know both opposing players, but if a guy is in, you know, breaking the rules on the ice, you call the penalty. Absolutely, you, you know yeah. that's what you do. I mean, that's part of it. But where you cross the line is is that human line where we're all human beings, and you do get to know them on a level that is different than you know than most fans, which I say is the privilege that we have. So when you talk to them and you get to know them, they truly are people. And you know, like for me with. Uh, the Red Wings at one time were really into 24. And that meant that I was really into 24 because if I go into the room, I want to be able to converse with them, not just about hockey. You know, I just want to talk to them like... So you're talking first, 24, the TV show. The TV show, yes, yes, yes. They, I mean, they were, they were big Jack Bauer fans. Yeah, <laughs> And I think, you know, maybe... They think torture is okay. <laughs> Shooting somebody in a leg to, to get something out of them. No, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, just joking around. But I, I'm just saying that, you know, so that's what's really cool about it. So I, I know when you, when you were telling the story about uh, putting the grind line together and how that came about, it was really funny because they say that's where sports, I think, is mental, is that the Legion of Doom were certainly expecting something else. And what they got 
Well, he got the grind line, which was pretty darn good. And those guys were scoring some goals, you know, during that series. And they also got Nick and Larry playing against them, who were certainly not the most physical guys around. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our first commercial break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to fire up with Art a little bit more. We'll talk about the game last night, where the wings are at. And then once again, we're preparing for Ansar Khan at about 440. For years, you've been hearing me talk about the benefits of laser therapy at Pain-Free Life Centers of Michigan. But don't take my word for it. I brought a guest in to talk to you today, former Detroit Tiger pitcher Dave Rosma. So, Dave, talk about your experience at Pain-Free Life Centers. Everybody knew my karate kick from 35 years ago. I've had a lot of knee pains. I came to you. Jeff, after a few treatments, made it feel better and stronger. And then I come back for another therapy. Dave, how long did it take for you to notice a difference in your pain level? The first day. The comfort level, the warmness, flexibility in my knee. It it gives you a positive attitude. Um, Emotionally, I felt better because I'm a golfer. I like to work out. It let me do these things. And the most important thing, I felt less pain. So, Dave, what would you tell the listeners to do to try to avoid the drugs, the injections, and the surgeries? If you're suffering from pain, try pain-free life centers because it helped me. Call 248-879-1100 or visit painfreelifecenters.com. I'm Thad Zott with Zott M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on dealsinthed.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Thad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But dealsinthed.com is on 24-7-365. Get there. Did you know your company has an image problem? Seriously, right now, as customers are visiting your website, chances are your organization needs to look much better than it does. Standing out from the competition is important. Looking professional is critical. First impressions are everything. As a leader, no one knows this better than you do. You know you must look your very best. Well, the solution is United Photo Works. United Photo Works is a Detroit-based photography agency with the talent, experience, equipment, and knowledge to make your organization's visual image shine. From photos of your building's interior to its exterior, from capturing your corporate events to capturing those corporate headshots, the pros at UPW are here to make sure that you and your company look fantastic. Visit us at www.unitedphotoworks.com today and receive 20% off your next session. Remember, that's unitedphotoworks.com. Can't see nothing in front of me. Can't see nothing coming up behind. Make my way through this darkness. I can't feel nothing but this chain that blinds me. Lost track of how far I've gone How far I've gone How high I've climbed On the backs of 60 pound stone On the shoulder half mile line Come on up for the rising Come on up with your hands in mine Come on up Where the pro- 
You know, there used to be a joke with Dan Patrick and um, Keith Olbermann that said they never understood why people say, you know, welcome back, because the listener didn't go anywhere. It was us that went somewhere. Right. Well, with that, uh, bringing back into the conversation, Perry Vellucci and Art Regner. Or we'll be right back, because mm-hmm. they're not going anywhere They're not either. going Right, exactly. <laughs> so, Red Wings last night um, beat up on poor Perry's uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh with Athanasiu and Larkin, pretty much with the uh, double-double, right, on Dylan Larkhead bobblehead night. You know, Perry, you were saying during the break that you're pretty impressed with this team and you think they got it. Well, I just like what I see so far. I think mentality-wise, there's a certain chemistry that, that's, that I haven't seen with this team in the last couple of years. And just the fact that well, you see Larkin get in a fight the other night, obviously that's not his role, but he was standing up for himself. And and I think by bringing Steve Ott into the mix, there there's a veteran. His character is, I think, a big part of what's going on in that locker room that, hey, we're not going to get pushed around. We're not going to beat people up, but but they're, they're, they're you know, holding their own. And I just see the competitiveness that I haven't seen. Granted, we are early. Art, with that, you know, people have talked about the OMG line, the Ott, Miller, Glendenning line. Um, and with that, there's been talk, you know, about Ott and being in that locker room. I personally, I like Steve Ott. You know, I think he's fantastic. But the start that the Red Wings came out with, lose the first two games, and then they haven't lost since. What's your take on the team right now? Well, I think that this is going to be a crucial span of games that they're playing. They're at St. Louis tomorrow night. Then they play the... Uh Philadelphia Flyers in Philly twice in less than a week. Uh, next week, sometime, and then on Election Day, they're in Philadelphia again. You know, so and I think we all know that. I think the last time the Red Wings won, except for the Stanley Cup Final in Philadelphia during the regular season, I think Jessica was an infant. I mean, it's it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's been, it's been that long, you know. And so uh, this is an interesting stretch of games. That's coming up. I think what we'll see here is as Justin Abdicator comes back, what happens to Athanasiu? Do you keep him in the lineup? Do you take Ott out, who's a good character guy? The way it was explained to me that Steve Ott was signed to play like 35 games a year for Detroit. He was more to be a presence in that locker room. Mm -hmm. One of those guys who... uh, may not have been the greatest talent in the world, but he gives you everything on the ice that he has and also off the ice. And I think that people tend to forget this because if you don't play for the Red Wings or something or if you're not actually from Detroit, uh, people, you know, as I said, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Steve Ott, although he was born in, I don't know, Newfoundland or, you know, the Maritime Provinces, grew up in Windsor. And grew up a huge Red Wing fan, and like this is almost a dream come true for him that he finally gets to put on the red and white. So, I think that his character, as uh, as Perry said, and you know what he's accomplished in this league because you know he was the you know the blank disturber. That was a guy that you always hated. I think that that's really good. What I also think is good 
and I think that this is where the Red Wings, this overripe term that they use, sometimes a guy like Ryan Sproul, who has, you know, was, they, and we're going to ask, I'll ask Ansar about this when he comes on. They were high on him. Then he had a couple of real off seasons at Grand Rapids, or by their standards. I guess he wasn't progressing. Then last year he kind of rebounded. A guy like that, who's six foot four, who has a bomb from the point, is a right handed shooting defenseman. Let him play a few. Let him come up here and play. Let's see what he can do. Because sometimes, you know, it's like a kid. You know, I wasn't a real good student. You know, I got kind of bored with elementary school and then junior high school. You know, I mean, after a while, you're, it's kind of the same thing. You know, God, I'm, I'm at Emerson Junior High in Livonia for this is my third year. You know, I want to just get the hell out of here. But once I got to high school, you know, it kind of changed where I figured to myself, well, after high school, well, for me, it was college. But you know what I mean? There, there's, something, there's something to play for. I just wanted to get to that level. And I think sometimes a guy... He just peeks out. You know, he, he gets to a certain level. It's not that he's not a good player. He's just, you know, he wanted to play in Detroit, you know, and now he's playing in Detroit and he's doing fairly well. And and I think that sometimes as a, and this is a kind of a criticism, I guess, of the wings is, is that sometimes you just got to grab a guy up, even though he might be disappointing you and see what happens. You know, I thought when Mantha came up last year, he wasn't that bad. You know, here's a guy. I saw the same thing. I didn't think he was that bad either. Here's a guy who they never. I feel like I'm Donald Trump. If you can see me, I'm I'm talking with my hands. I mean, I'm so used to these. Don't grab anything, please. (laughs) Yeah, well, Jessica's too far away. Well, being Italian, being Italian, I understand. Get me out of there. Well, you know, yeah, I'm half Greek, so it's kind of almost. I got a tic tac if you need it. (laughs) But but my point being is is that you know you just got to sometimes just. Just let him play. And Mantha is six foot five and a goal scorer. And I know the Red Wings wanted to play too, you know, on both ends of the ice. That's, you know, that's, if you want to be a Detroit Red Wing, you've got to at least have some sort of def- defensive effort. I understand that. But, you know, sometimes you just, just put them in there and see what they can do. You know, I think Athanasiu, and, and let's be honest, a couple of years ago when Riley Shan and Tatar and Nyquist and those guys were kind of a revelation, it was because Mike Babcock had nobody else to play. You know, they weren't gripping their stick here thinking, oh, the next mistake I make, I'm back in GR. Because they couldn't go to GR because Detroit had nobody. Well, now they have a little bit more depth. You know, they, they've lost a couple of guys. Martin Furk, who, you know, I think Mickey was just like, just ripping all the time. Well, Furk, well, Furk, that's why he was put on waivers. You know, yeah, okay. I mean, Martin Furk and, you know, Nestor Sill, who was on, the, on that team. And, you know, I just think that, you know, they lost, you know, uh, Palkin in, in in Minnesota. But once in a while, I think it's good to get that mix. You know, you got a guy like Ott, uh, uh, who's a sandpaper kind of guy. You know, Zetterberg seems to be healthy. You know, I don't think he's ever going to score many goals. You know what, Art, I'm going to tell you, if that's healthy, then we're in trouble. Well, I, when I meant healthy is that he's not... He's not hurting the Red Wings at this point. I mean, you know, he's giving you everything he's got. I, I mean... We, we could talk about it later. I don't think he's as bad as he's been. You know, I think he's as healthy as he's going to be. I think Cromwell's career could be, you know. That, could, I, that I, definitely could be over. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, those knees are just. Um, I, with, with Zetterberg, though, you know, there, there's your captain. And so he's going to go out and give everything he has and, be you know, play as hard as he can, which he's been doing. And I think that's just the leadership that. that uh, Do you need to take that, Perry? 
No. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, I guess we're in church. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yes, yes. Um, well, between Franzen and Cleary and Cronwell and Zetterberg, people that are still technically still on the roster. Right. I mean, good thing that Franzen, you know, his salary doesn't count because he's on long-term IR. Uh, IR. So he's, you know, he's, he's never going to play again for the Red Wings. I think we all know that. Oh, yeah. He's not going to play hockey ever again. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's got a great uh, Instagram account, though. I think that, you know, he's, he, he, he could walk into being a, a, a comedian or something. He has a really good sense of humor. But if I'm making $11 million a year or whatever it is, I, I guess I'd be feeling pretty good, too. I know it's not that much. But, um, you know, they, they need an influx. But what they really need... They're only going to be as good as Mrazek and, to a lesser degree, Jimmy can take them. They, you know, maybe Sproul can come in and, and you know, the, the, I don't know if they they need to, they need a number one or two defenseman. They don't have a one or two no, on, no on, on the roster. Yes. Green's playing a lot better now. Maybe he's a little bit more comfortable. And uh, but uh, you know, Tatar, Nyquist, Shayan. Uh, the, you know, uh, certainly Darren Helm, who's been, you know, they all have to be better. I mean, you know, Newman, how many times you heard me say this? Last year at that exit interview, Jeff Blaschel said, if you, you know, he, he was talking to the fans. If you want the Red Wings to be really good, if you want us to be, you know, the Red Wings, that, that this, what everybody thinks the Red Wings are, then our young players have to take that next st- step. They're the ones that have to get better because there's no elixir. You know, we're, you know, we don't have, we haven't drafted low enough to get a Connor McDavid. Uh, we haven't drafted, you know, we drafted, you know, trades are, are somewhat impossible to make, or we've overvalued our guys where no one in the league really wants them. Or, you know, what you think for you, like Jacob Truba, hmm. you know, Jacob Truba wants to play in Detroit. I think it's pretty obvious. He wants to play here. He's 22 years old. Another, you Cam, know what? Cam Fowler, on. another local right. boy. Both They both want to come here. Well, they both definitely want to come here. And you know what? That's a good point that we're going to talk with Ansar Khan right after this commercial break. I'm Jeff Morton from Pain-Free Life Centers. I'm here with former Detroit Tiger pitcher Dave Rosemont. Dave, how long did it take before you noticed any benefits from laser therapy? The first day. That's awesome. And how, how did you feel? It, it gives you a positive attitude. Um, emotionally, I felt better. Flexibility in my knee. And the most important thing, I felt less pain. And as an athlete, you'd be an authority on pain. I use my body a lot. I do a lot of batting practice at Comerica, and it made my knee flexible, felt stronger. It feels good to me, and the pain was gone. So now you've heard from an authority on pain. So what's your excuse? I challenge you to pick up the phone and start living a better quality of life pain-free. Call 248-879-1100 or go to painfreelifecenters.com. We're so confident in what we do, we're going to give you a free consultation and a free treatment. So, Dave, what would you say to somebody suffering from pain? Try it for yourself because it helped me, and I'm sure it's going to help you. PainFreeLifeCenters.com. Do it today. I'm Thad Zott with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on DealsInTheD.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Thad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But DealsInTheD.com is on 24 7 365. Get there. 
And that's the end of the second period. And now it's time for Game Day Trivia, brought to you by United Photo Works. Tonight's question, which Detroit-based photography company has worked with the Red Wings alumni? Companies like Ford, Shinola, and Our Detroit, and been the exclusive photographers of the Joe Koser Celebrity Softball Series for the past seven years? The answer is United Photo Works. Visit them today at unitedphotoworks.com. Remember, folks, that's unitedphotoworks.com. Joining us on the line right now from M Live, welcome back to the program, Ansar Khan. Ansar, how are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? Can't complain. Nobody cares. I'm sitting here with Art Regner, and you know how much fun that can be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, well, so, Ansar, Newman has promised not to ask you any fantasy hockey questions today, so I think you're safe. So. <laughs> That's <sounds> good. <laughs> but, but uh, well, first of all, you know, the Red Wings uh, – Lost their first two games. Pretty tough road trip to start off at uh, at Tampa and then at Florida. Two uh, very good teams, and you know it was gloom or doom. Everyone was saying, "Well, we didn't think they were going to make the playoffs," and they proved it in these two games. The season's over. Lo and behold, they string five together. You know they had three games here in a row. Jimmy stole that game against the Rangers. So, how would you assess it? Are you surprised that the Red Wings are five and two at this point and have ten points, or? Did you see that this team might have been a little bit more talented than at least the fan base gave them credit for? Uh, I think uh, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm completely surprised. I'm, I'm, I, it's, a, it's a little bit better than I thought it would be. Uh, uh, you know, I think uh, I think one of the main differences after the first two games, uh, the, the second game in particular, they were just awful in Florida, is uh, an improved defense. Uh, 
with the exception of the Rangers game, that was another game uh, that, that the defense was really bad and, and Jimmy Howard just bailed him out. But other than that, in uh, all of their home games so far, the defense has been very good in not letting uh, opponents uh, really get behind them uh, for odd man rushes and easy scoring chances. And they've done a good job of uh, really moving the puck out of their zone quickly and getting on offense real fast, transitioning, playing a more north-south game. I think that's been one of the, the big differences uh, uh, in uh, from this from their uh, first from their own to start. Ansar, a player that we've heard a lot about has been Ryan Sproul. I know that the Red Wings were extremely high on them when they drafted him in his his first year in Grand Rapids. He's a right hand shot. He's like six foot four. Uh, he's he's a big guy. Uh, then he kind of had a, a few seasons really where he it looked like he maybe he had reached his growth spurt that uh, he he might not be as 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 good as the Red Wings were hoping. And then. Uh, he sort of came on last season, and now he's getting a shot or an opportunity uh, and has played well. Certainly, any time a young player is inserted into the Red, Red Wing lineup, the fan base goes nuts for him. It's, uh, it's like the, being the Detroit Lions' number one draft pick. You're suddenly the all-time favorite Lion <laughs> if you're the number one pick. You're now the all-time favorite Red Wing fan or the guy that they're looking towards the future. Can you talk about Sproul? Do you think he is earning a spot on the big club? And do you think that uh, uh, he is sort of arriving and coming into his own? Yeah, I think he is. Um, you know, uh, the thing about Sproul is uh, they always knew he was talented offensively, and he brings a different dimension uh, with his big right-handed shot and his size, six foot four. Not a physical player, but he, the size really, the, the long reach comes in handy, certainly. And, uh, you know, he's shown it, uh, the offensive ability. Uh, your first couple of games, he's been really uh, active and involved. Uh, uh, had a uh, he's playing on the power play. Had a couple of assists his first two games. Uh, defensively, still a work in progress, and that was the one thing that really prevented the Red Wings from from really getting a, a look at him the past three years, with the exception of the one game in St. Louis a few years ago uh, at the end of the season. Uh, they were hesitant to call him up because they just didn't trust him defensively. Uh, but now they're giving him a shot. And uh, even though he's still learning uh, the defensive side of the game, you can see his uh, offensive abilities are, are, are a real asset. And, uh, you know, what he also does is he gave the Red Wings, when he was inserting the lineup, three right-handed shots and three left-handed shots, and even righty-lefty balance, which I, I can't remember the last time they had that, which is a nice little bonus. Certainly, uh, you want to put the, the best uh, players in there too. But if you can get that, uh, if you can get that uh, balance, that's always a good thing too. Well, Ansar, with the uh, with the balance that you're talking about, that works out really well. What are you seeing right now with Jimmy Howard and Peter Morazic? What, what are your thoughts on that little conundrum that we've got going? Yeah, no, uh, definitely, it's always a good thing. Uh, when you've got two goalies going and, and, and essentially they're, you know, they're two starting goalies, two starting uh, NHL caliber goalies. Uh, it's uh, just, uh, you know, the big question marks with Howard the last ever, ever since his groin injury midway through uh, the 2014, 15 season, 
when uh, when he was named an All Star, and then he uh, pulled his groin in uh, in Washington, and, and really has been hasn't been the same since. Been very inconsistent, but a good uh, first couple of games for him. Uh, always an encouraging thing, and that's what they want. They want. I mean, but Peter Morozik's number one. There's no controversy or anything about that. He's their their main goalie. He's the guy that. Uh, unless he falters uh, badly, uh, he's going to probably start 75% of the time. But if they can get the Jimmy Howard uh, playing the way he is right now consistently, he's certainly going to keep the heat on Morozik to not falter like he has the last couple of seasons late in the year. And, uh, you know, and, and, and even Howard, uh, you know, playing – 25 games maybe uh, a season that that's that you're going to have a significant impact to back the Foley on, on the team's fortunes but when you're playing that many games so uh yeah good uh, definitely a good start uh, goaltending wise and, and that's what they needed uh, this team needed uh, top-notch goaltending to uh to really uh kind of offset the uh some of the issues that they had last year which was poor defense and uh a lack of scoring we're with Ansar Khan from M Live, and just to follow up with that, you've been able to see them in practice, and as they've gone along now with the new goalie coach, um, how has that interaction been? Uh, good. Uh, you know, uh, it's uh, something new for sure. Uh, I mean, Jim Bedard was here for uh, I think close to twenty years, and certainly had a uh, uh, a chemistry and uh, a familiarity with. with Jimmy Howard in particular, but uh, also a little bit with, with Morozik for the last couple of years. But, you know, the, the thing with uh, Jeff Slaco is that he, he knows Morozik well uh, from having worked with him in Grand Rapids and, and also knows Jimmy Howard a little bit. And, uh, you know, uh, they knew that the chemistry with, with Slaco and Morozik was going to be good, but it's also turned out to so far been been very good uh, with Jimmy Howard and Howard has uh, given Slaco credit for uh, some of the, some, some technical stuff that he's worked on uh, something having to do with, uh, I think called it uh, CH or something like that. Uh, some kind of goalie would know uh, more about uh, that vertical horizontal or something, uh, something along <laughs> those lines. But, uh, technically uh, there uh, uh, definitely seems to be helping. Well, that's good. It's that technical stuff that only a goalie can truly understand. Uh, yeah, I'm in my right mind. I've never been a goalie. Yeah, so, so, uh, Ansar, uh, you, you mentioned the defense. I think by most accounts, people are thinking that it might be a stretch to say the Red Wings have a legitimate, uh, with Cromwell being, uh, you know, his knees being so uh, so bad, that they have a legitimate number one or number two defenseman. Uh, but a couple of names, a couple of local products that have been mentioned uh, obviously, Cam Fowler, who has gotten off to a good start with the uh, with the Anaheim Ducks, and of course uh, Jacob Truba, who I understand is living in his apartment in Ann Arbor right now, uh, who is uh, uh, a restricted free agent, and it looks like the Winnipeg Jets are playing hardball, and that uh, Truba, who has to be, I, I guess, signed either traded or playing for Winnipeg by December first, or he has to sit out the. F- the whole year. I believe that's how the rule is stated. But Ansar, do you think the Red Wings have any shot at either one of them? And uh, do you see that uh, if they have a real legitimate shot at either one, it, it, it seems that logic is falling on the side of Fowler 
as opposed to Truba, who is a better player in a right-handed shot? Yeah, I think so. I think if, uh, you know, if, if they were able to get either of those uh, players, uh, the odds would be uh, in favor of Fowler because he would cost less. Uh, in Truba's uh, case, uh, the Winnipeg Jets have uh, made it clear that they want a young, uh, top, left-handed shooting defenseman because, they, you know, they're full of righties there. Uh, somebody... Uh, you know, almost comparable in uh, potential to Truba in, in age as well. And, uh, you know, the, the wings certainly uh, don't have, I mean, they, they talk, you know, there, there's talk about Danny DeKaiser, but, you know, he's still, what, I think 27. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't see that as a fit there. Um, so I would, you know, I would doubt that they would have the ability to get Truba. I think Fowler's probably more realistic, but again, um, you know, it's, 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 it's still going to be tough to pull off a trade there. Uh, you know, the ducks, uh, they certainly can't, uh, uh, take a lot of salary in return. That's why there's been talk about, you know, Manta or, uh, uh any combination of Manta first round pick, uh, this, you know, uh, uh, younger or cheaper assets like that. Uh, you know, I don't think that, uh, that, you know, the Red Wings view Cam Fowler as a number three defenseman, not a, not a top pair defenseman. I don't see them trading Anthony Manta uh, in a package for Fowler. I mean, Manta is a, you know, he's a big, uh, potentially, uh, uh, he has the potential to be a, a real good goal scoring uh, forward in the NHL. Uh, he's, a, he's a different kind of player than what they're used to having because of the size and, and, and sniping ability and he's off to a good start i believe he has something like six goals in six games for gr uh so i i i don't i think they would they would definitely be hesitant to uh to, to make that move i i just don't see it uh, as much as they could use a, a real good uh, puck moving defenseman uh I, I doubt that that would happen so uh you know who knows i think they would have to uh, put together a different kind of package uh, if they were to land uh, Fowler. Well, Ansa, we're, uh, we're kind of running short on time, but before I let you go, I've got to ask you about your thoughts on the game this weekend, Michigan-Michigan State. Yeah, uh, um, certainly not, uh, not as much uh, anticipation uh, and buzz uh, as we saw last year. Uh, I mean, with the, with the way states just gone into a nosedive here. Uh, and I think, uh, I, I, you know, I think Jim Harbaugh, given the chance, I think he's going to open up a can <laughs> and uh, pretty much run up the score at any, uh, any chance he gets. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's still hard to believe that Michigan State is as bad as they've looked this season, considering how, you know, I mean, it's a, a playoff team last year, uh, how, how, how far they've fallen. But uh, definitely, uh, it's certainly I don't you know I don't think it's going to be any, any contest here, and I, and I do look for uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if uh, if whether or not Jim Harbaugh lets our, you know lets his foot off the gas here. I, I got a feeling that he won't, and uh, it could get uh, pretty ugly. And sorry, the real, I want to go really quickly back to the Red Wings. We are running out of time. We do appreciate you, uh, Ansar Live, the fine uh, 
uh, Ansar Khan from MLive, the fine beat writer, a uh, longtime buddy of mine. Uh, really respect him in, in his work. I, Athen to see you. Has he earned a spot in this lineup? When Abdicator comes back, is it Ott? Could we see Tatar who's struggling? A little? I mean, how do you see that, that the forward situation playing out? Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting. I don't think Abdicator is going to be ready for tomorrow, uh, but you know, maybe on the weekend he'll be ready. And I think what they're going to do is, and I, I do think, you know, I have to see you, he's got to stay in the lineup. And I think he's, 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 he's earned that uh, with his play. He just, you know, with, with that speed and you can see he's got a tremendous shot, just uh, uh, they, they need, they need him in the lineup. And I think he'll stay in the lineup. I think what will happen is I think they'll move Riley Shane down to the fourth line uh, in Ott's place. And, 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 and Shane's been struggling and I could see them, you know, they don't want to sit out either for a prolonged time either because they, they like the, the grittiness that he brings. So I could see them, if they don't have any other injuries, you know, maybe rotating out and Shane. Uh, I think uh, Shane's a guy that one of the guys that really needs to, to step it up here. All right. Well, Ansar, I, we'll see. I mean, it's uh, it's been a surprising season so far. Anything around the league surprise you or, 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 or any specific team? Or uh, are you shocked that, you know, Austin Matthews is, uh, uh, you know, four goals or Connor McDavid looks certainly to be the real deal or? No, no surprises there. I mean, you look at just this league the last few years, it's really, it's a young man's game. I mean, you see these the, the, the high-end players like that coming in and, and having an immediate impact. So uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, you know, I, 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 Edmonton, I think finally, you know, they got that good coach in Todd McClellan, right. and they got rid of Yakupov. Uh, they, they traded uh, Taylor Hall, a couple of those former uh, top picks, and uh, they, they're really starting to come into their own. Uh, you, you just wondered if that team was ever going to amount to anything with all that young talent they had, and uh, they look uh, definitely a team on the rise. Right, certainly. I, I, rumor still has that they want to get rid of uh, 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 New, Nugent Hopkins too, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So you know, so uh, yeah. they they might be doing some moves and stuff. So we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, it's it's been a pretty good season. You know, if you have the center ice package like I do, there's a, <laughs> been a lot of good hockey. Uh, uh, and it's so Money early bag. in the season, you know, but we'll see. And and I agree with you. I think that if Michigan can roll them, uh, they certainly will. So we'll we'll see what happens in that game on uh, on Saturday. So, Ansar, thank you very much. Uh, we do appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to have you on, and we will talk to you very very soon. Thanks for joining us today. Okay, thanks guys. See you. Thanks, Ansar. So with that, what we've got coming up on the Red Wing alumni side is next week's broadcast. We'll have our first roster announcement because oh, we're going into the alumni games at this point. Uh, we're going to start out in Wisconsin just outside of Milwaukee against the Blackhawk alumni. On the 5th, on the 12th, we're going to be local in St. Clair Shores. We're going to be playing the Stalls team, and that's on Veterans Day weekend, and that's going to be just an absolutely um, phenomenal game. They have a lot of things set up for veterans at that point. The 19th, we're playing another veterans game. We're going to play the Michigan Warriors. And the great thing about that team, we talked a little bit about it last week, is pretty much every guy on that Michigan Warriors 
team is a Purple Heart recipient. Wow. Um, and that's going to be held at USA Arena in Plymouth, the former CompuWare. And we're really trying to sell that out. So that'll be the 19th at 730. Now we'll take a week off for Thanksgiving. And then we take our first road trip of the season down to Ohio, down to Finley for Grace Speaks. And as we go through, it's our intention each week as we go along, before we go, we'll be able to announce the lineup that's coming out. You'll be able to follow us once again on Twitter at Red Wing Alumni. And you can follow us on Facebook at the Detroit Red Wing Alumni. If you have questions about the show or if you're interested in playing the Red Wing alumni, you can send an email to Newman, that's N-E-W-M-A-N, at DetroitRedWingAlumni.com. And one of the things you'll find this year, we've got more of a memorabilia presence at all of our games this year. So if you get a chance to come out and see the Red Wing alumni, and of course Perry Vellucci uh, will be one of the outstanding refs on the ice, uh, you'll be able to buy more of the current players on our team Um Guys that play the Coasters, the McCartys, the Cicerellis, well, we have more of their memorabilia that's available for purchase. So with that, we're ending the show this week. I want to thank Perry Volucci for coming in. Perry, always appreciate it. Thank you, Numi. Truly enjoyed it. <laughs> and once again, a very big thank you to my partner in crime, especially on the ERG side of the house. Oh, that's right. The household waste in the ERG environmental out of Livonia. <laughs> uh, Art, thanks again for sitting in. You know, we really appreciate the work that you've done on the podcast. My pleasure. Anytime, Newman. You know that. And so we will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. This is a previously recorded episode of